Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Welcome to Spirit Katana. I'm your host, the old man. I'm Ruby. I'm Rosella. I'm Jadefire. And I'm Big Mama. Together we are a family, studying the Bible, sharpening our understanding, and uh, equipping ourselves with the sword of the spirit, or a spirit katana, um, the word of God. And we are continuing our journey through the gospel according to Matthew, um, heading by heading. And we're kind of all over the place, so there's been some attempts to catching up, and I um, hopefully will be a little bit more aligned by the end of this week. <laughs> How How's everybody been this week? Anything interesting going on? Nothing? No. I think I've been acting tired. You've I've been, been acting tired? I think I've been tired. Been, I've been tired. Tonight's my last night of class at church. Hmm. I thought that was next week. Is Saturday's my birthday party? I don't have my birthday party. I, um, I had some weird head pain brought on by my cough, so I had to go check that out and had my first CT scan, so that was exciting. Thankfully oh. boring. Yeah, thankfully it was boring results. Everything's okay. Just a um, inflared nerve, basically, F- brought on by my bronchitis. <laughs> What's that? It's just um, an infection in the lungs. Yeah. So I've been taking my medicine, taking some cough suppressant so I can rest. Um, well, probably in your bronchial tubes more than your lungs. Well, yeah. Anyway. Bronchial tubes? Do we need to do more human body science? We might. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I need some more health classes. Um, I'll help me if I want to be a nurse. And then, uh, well, you three uh, kiddos just recently went in together and buying yourself your own oh, yeah. video game system. We oh, got yeah. Switch. A Switch Lite, so it's not a big fancy one, but it's still fun. And it came with a free download of Animal Crossing. That also meant that we had three children migrate off my Switch so that I could put some more of my children on that Switch since we didn't have enough room. <laughs> <laughs> and the one was getting sad because he always had to play on everybody else. And the little baby bird doesn't have a slot yet. <laughs> yeah, the newest member will does not have a slot, but even... The ones that don't play the Switch yet have some slots, which we did in the past. So <laughs> so that's that's exciting for people. All right. Well, let's go ahead and start diving in. Um, I'm not exactly sure who's the furthest behind at the moment. Probably Rosella. Well, where, where's your section start? What chapter and verse? Ruby. Oh, me. Uh, Jesus walks on water. All right. So... Uh, I do believe that Rosella is one section behind Ruby, so yes, we'll start with Rosella. What do you got for us? What section are we on? Jesus feeds 5,000! Okay. That's a lot of people. That Plus is women and people. children. Yes, 5,000 5, men. men. And they had big families back then. So it could have been like 50,000 if it was like our family. <laughs> the number, that's the funny thing. Like Rosella's response right there is just a big, like a surprised face. And, like, it's so funny how we do that, because 5,000 is already a ridiculous amount for the food that they had. And yet, so it was already a huge miracle that, really, is 50,000 any different? No. <laughs> I mean, it's a different 
crowd of people, sure, but like it's no different than the, like the miracle. <laughs> as silly as it seems, I think of five thousand. I'm like, that's about how many people were at Kirby Puckett's memorial. I think, and like Kirby Puckett's memorial. He's a Minnesota twin, a baseball player. Um, but like forty to sixty thousand is about how many um attenders would be at a game, and so it's like that is a significant jump, though. Like picturing the crowd. Oh, sure, sure. I'm still stuck on the fact that he is a baseball player. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a field of dreams situation? I don't know what's going on here. (laughs) I said he's a baseball player, which could be the contraction of he was a baseball player. But you said he is a Minnesota twin. Once a Minnesota twin, always a Minnesota twin. Oh, sorry. Except for AJ Krasinski. He's such a diamondback traitor. Sure. I'm very invested in sports balls. <laughs> sports balls. I feel bad for that Minnesota twin. He has such a weird name. AJ Brzezinski? I think it's a cool name. Let's get back to the Bible. It's a good idea. Anyway, Rosella, what about the feeding of the 5,000? God will help us even when we do not trust him. Oh, that's perfect for walking on water. Oh, but you're no. talking about the 5,000. <laughs> that's okay. exactly what it is. So was maybe you have no note for that. What's the... Okay, well, well, we'll just move on then. So, walking on water, your note is... Jesus will help us even when we do not trust him. Then this is very true. Very good. And I think Ruby also has a note for walking on water. What did I learn about God says Jesus? That he, that he will always be there for you no matter how much faith you have. At least until the end. With then, the eternal then he's separation. Then saying forget you. What? <laughs> <laughs> the eternal separation. He won't be there for us anymore if we're not if we have no faith in him. Well, she says no matter how much faith, indicating that there's still, oh, there's still to some be faith. a oh, measure, but okay. it can be very small. That makes more sense. Like, okay, like the size of a mustard seed, or like even half of that. Mm, gotcha. So the next section then is what do you guys have? Jesus breaks religious traditions. Mm. Jesus heals a sick enchanter. What? Sick and Chenishnet? Genesarat? Yeah. Genesarat. Yeah, I have that section too. Genesarat! Well, that's a part of your walking water section, though, right? Oh, maybe. Alright, well, we'll see what your note says eventually. Alright. Maybe it's. Ruby, you want to start us off on this one? What does God want my life to look like? (laughs) That I need. That I need to be careful about what I say. Like, I might just say something and not think about what I'm going to say and just, like, snap at someone immediately. Okay. Now, where do you, like, where, from what area of this do you pull that from? I don't know. What section are you in? Jesus breaks religious traditions. <coughs> chapter 15, verses 1 through 20. Well, potentially from number 4, whoever speaks evil of father or mother must be put to death. So you might not want to be put to death. Um... This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. That's kind of saying that, like, saying good things with your mouth doesn't mean much if your heart's not behind it. Okay. All right. So do you have, what's your next note, Rosella? My next note is you can act good, but not be good. Does that sound like the same section? That sounds like defilement is from within. Yeah. So that would be the. Oh, wait. No, it could be this section, too. Isn't that where we're at? Uh, we're in tradition of the elders at the beginning of 15, and then in verse 10 it moves on to defilement is oh, from within. 10. Oh, that's all part of her, like, I mean, oh, there's okay. two headings for her, but yes, that's all it included in that, okay, her, so yeah. her reading that time. I would say that applies to both of them. Yep, I would agree. 
So, so repeat that again for me, please. Um, you can act good but not be good. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's very true. There's so many people that will act like they are much better than they really are. I mean, we're all have sin and are dead to it. So, I mean, like we're all kind of in the garbage pile in a way. Um, but uh, so we should be humble. Then we should be acting superior to anybody. Absolutely. So, yeah. Good note. All right. Well. What is your next block of headings, Rosella? Um, traditions and commandments. No, you you just read for that. What's your next block? Uh, the faith of the something. Canaanite woman? Canaanite woman. And what are the other headings in that section for you? Jesus heals many. Jesus feeds 4,000. Okay. You might actually be bassing me now that I've grouped those up for you. Which means faith of the Canaanite woman? It's probably the same place where I'm at. Yep, faith of the Canaanite woman is what I have. Same. A Lebsia dorsa? Woman's faith. Lebanese? A Lebanese woman's I'm just guessing. What? Oh, yeah. That's that's Lebanese. Okay. A Lebanese woman. All right. Jade fire. Mine calls it a Gentile mother. Where are you starting? Faith of the Canaanite woman? Yes. All right. Go ahead and start us off then. Okay, uh, question. What can you learn about God? Answer, that he is here for the sick and not here for the healthy. He's not here for the people who aren't possessed and sick and stuff. But he's here for the Sort of like how he's, like, um, what I understood from that is, like, that thing I saw in a wall when I was in the bathroom. Um... Jesus does not choose those fit for his works, but he fits those he chooses. Yep. That is good. Um, and he is definitely here for those suffering. Uh, I think it's a little odd uh, direction to take this one since it's not. he says something opposite here. <laughs> um, uh, or not even necessarily opposite, but definitely a different angle to things. Because he even tells them... He's here for the... He's not here for the sheep that are in their pen. He's here for the lost sheep. That's not what he says, though. He's trying to say that he's here for the lost sheep of Israel, meaning that she doesn't belong to the lost sheep of Israel. She's not an Israelite. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, so she's not even a part of God's chosen people. Oh. And Jesus is saying he came for the chosen people. That got lost, because Israel got lost. I didn't realize that. Right. And it sounds contradictory. Like, it sounds like, what? What do you mean, Jesus? I thought you came to save everybody, including Gentiles. <laughs> yeah. Which we do learn uh, that he did because she responds in faith and he's like, oh, good. And then he does heal her. So obviously he's not limiting his healing to just the lost sheep of Israel. Yeah. Or I mean, the... you could argue that he is in a way because we all become Israel. But The demon-possessed man was most likely not Israelite. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like her... The one that needs to be like, oh no, daughter. It's a daughter, isn't it? The demon possessed man who is living among the tombs and screaming, oh. and he sent the demon. Oh, oh, you're just tombs. referencing another yeah. thing where he helped somebody who wasn't in Israel. Yes, yes. you, yeah, 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 yep. Well, and like he even helps, yeah, he helps like the centurion and things like that too. Like, there's a lot of yep. people he helps that are not Israelites. <laughs> so it's just interesting that he responds this way. Yeah, um, but in the end, uh, she said, "Yes, Lord." Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Yep. All right. Rosella, what's your note here? God will help you even if you have little faith. Isn't that what you read earlier? This woman's faith is very great, he says. All right. Well, 
Um, this is this is before we started organizing your notes, so we'll hopefully have some more <laughs> accurate notes with the next grouping. <laughs> and you're again, these are you you are spouting truths, but like again, I'm not sure where you're pulling them from in the sections. But even you don't seem to know sometimes, so it's okay. <laughs> so I did highlight uh, the section where he is um, talking about that, where he's like, "I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel," um, but she's like, "Lord, help me." It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. And then she's like, well, yeah, it is, because even the dogs eat the crumbs. Um, and yeah, my note here was, even though she was not of Israel, she knew Jesus could help her and humbled herself before him. She pursued Jesus doggedly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this seems to show that Jesus' salvation is for all and not just those born of Israel. Which is kind of what I already was saying earlier but i thought her humility was pretty impressive because quite often the sermons and everything that we hear now are um like your identity in christ is a really big topic the last decade or so um where it's like you are chosen you are loved you are secure you have purpose you have meaning like all these very affirmative things um and used appropriately they don't puff people up right, right. but um I would not say that this sort of an attitude is necessarily encouraged either in our culture currently. To act like, like to go after just even the slightest scraps, like even yeah. our own dogs just sneaking into the house and stealing things right off the counter. Yeah, they just take the food right out of the kid's mouth if they could. But they were that determined to get it, right? <laughs> and we should be that way with God. But she's determined, but she's not going to steal it from... Like, well, she'll no. gladly take the crumbs off the yes. floor. She's yes. a Lucy dog. Yes, she's more like Lucy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's one around the edges for any crumbs she can find. Not like Denali jumping up and taking it well, out of I mean, face. if like didn't sell the floor with their food, she might go and just take it off their plate. Gently. <laughs> That's I've seen her do that. She like walks up so slowly while the kid just watches him. She takes the food, shuffles away, the kid watches him. She like gently Bed opens her mouth, yeah. and grabs the edge of the crust, and tugs a little bit like, hey kid, can I have this? But if she gets away with it because they're not paying attention, or they're not supposed to be doing it, or whatever it is, she will then run. She's a very, she was, she died recently. She was a very gentle sweet dog but she wanted her scraps kind yep. of like this lady <laughs> right i do get these scraps it's so it i we do get food <laughs> one time lucy like my little brother was sitting on the floor okay our little brother was your little brother was sitting on the floor and lucy would walk over to eat his food he <laughs> <laughs> so your little brother was sitting on the floor and lucy would come over to get the crumbs and he'd start pulling lucy's hair and then she would back up and then try it again in the backup. And then try it again. She's like, I want your food, but I don't want it to pull my hair. Our little brother was definitely determined to keep his food. He just wanted, like, he just wanted to eat, like, pet the dog. He didn't want, he didn't want the dog not to eat his food. Yep. I want to pet you. I don't want to give you my food. Yeah. All right. So, Ruby, what's your note for the section? Lebanese woman. The Lebanese woman. A Lebanese woman. Just faith is what it says. Um, what did I learn about God slash Jesus? That we can see that He knows and can see everything, including like how much faith He has. Like He knows how much faith you have. Like no matter if you pretend to have more faith than you. Oh he yeah. Knows. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not like he actually had to have this conversation with the woman to know where she stood with it all. Yeah. Um, but it was an op- he was giving opportunity to, for her to profess just how much she did believe. Which makes me wonder if that's why he even said it in the first place, because he doesn't say it to the other Gentiles to ask right. for help. Right, right. And he's, he tells her that she has great faith, and he tells the centurion that he's not even seen such great a faith in Israel. So the people who get commended for their great faith are often not or often not Israelites and the people that he says oh you have little faith are often Israelites well it's interesting because they see something that they didn't have and want desperately whereas the Israelites they have a whole different baggage going on because there's there's all kinds of things that could be going on with them with either um, guilt and remorse and fear because they have betrayed in their history God multiple times some still probably are just you know different extents and you have uh, those that have been using it for their own gain and glory and adding to the rules so they don't want to hear something different because they think that they're doing things right already so they don't need Jesus's teachings. Yeah. Whereas everybody else is like, no, uh, nothing has been working for us. We've been worshiping Greek gods, whatever. It's like, this, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> we actually see evidence here. We never see the evidence except yeah. for maybe by coincidences on occasion. It's like, oh, hey, we did pray to the rain god and it did rain, you know, two days later. <laughs> Yeah. you know whatever <laughs> um all right so then jesus feeds the four thousand and um when is jesus heals many others oh yeah it might be split up a little bit more so where does your start then five it goes from 29 to 31 29 to 31 mine's 29 to the end of the chapter okay my next one is jesus feeds the four thousand then that's yep okay well then um if you have it split up a little bit more, you go ahead and do the next one, Ruby. Um, what did I learn about God says Jesus? That he has time for everyone. Like, he was healing so many, and but he kept healing them even though he might have been exhausted, but he still had time for them all. Yep, he did make time for them all. Anybody else have uh, that midsection right before Jesus feeds the 4,000? Uh, Jesus heals many? Yeah, that one. Yeah, I have that. All right, what's your note? Oh, um, shoot. Uh, my note is, oh, that he'll heal everyone, no matter who. He will heal everyone? Yeah. As long as they have faith, yeah. What do you mean by everyone? Like, he's just going to make Oh, sure. he'll heal everybody who's sick. If they have, if, like. So, when he was on earth, did he heal everybody that was sick and wounded or lame or blind? No, but he'll heal everybody who gets brought to him. Okay. Um, that's that's or, why I wanted a clarification because he okay. doesn't just heal everyone. He'll just heal anybody who like he knows and is asked. He to chooses heal. times and places for his healing to take place. So, like with the uh, faith of Canaanite woman, um, he uh, healed the daughter even though she wasn't in that place. Yep. So as long as he knows and is asked about to heal someone. And any time that we have people. anything written where people did come to him specifically and ask for it, I don't think he's ever refused. I think he always does it, right? With like the same so. man that's lowered into the building, and obviously this woman with the scraps, and people just coming in, um, in droves just to... Or like the woman that touched the hem of his cloak and stuff like that. Or the, not the hem of his cloak, it was a robe, I guess. Yeah, I think so. But I would say that it's inaccurate to say he will heal anyone who comes to him. I agree. They have to have faith. But not everybody is healed now that comes to him. I meant like 
when he was a person on the earth. Okay, so you changed the tense of the word. He would heal anyone who came to him. Good point. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's just that that's why we're trying to like parse this out because there's just a little bit an, an inaccuracy with the way it's worded from you. That's so we're just trying to figure out where you're at <laughs> and yeah. correct any misunderstanding. They made a good point about this. I think it was just on Sunday at church in the sermon when they said that the purpose of the miracles was to point people to the spiritual truths behind it. Um, and Jesus will heal us spiritually, anyone who comes to him. But if you already have the spiritual truths revealed, there's no need for a miracle because that's the point of a miracle. This is true. I thought that was interesting. That's a very good point that we don't... Because, again, he, the, he definitely understands and... We do it to some extent, although it's hard to um, split our view on it um, from being physical because the physical is temporary, right? This isn't a lasting thing. So to him, he's okay, he might heal you for your last, you know, 60 years of life or whatever he finds you and heals you. But that's, that's not, if you're already saved and going to an eternal place with a new body and stuff, <laughs> it's just a temporary healing too. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> yep. Um, and we are focused on the eternal, so we don't need these miraculous things. And often a broken, quote-unquote, broken body um, can help people who are broken spiritually to understand better than you could help them to understand with a full body. Did that make sense? I think so. Um, like I'm... if you're going through struggles physically and you're still relying on God and proclaiming his love. That's a better that's... light to others. Yeah, it's a lot more um, relatable and attractive to someone who's really struggling spiritually and emotionally whereas if they were struggling that much and um you were living a perfect life saying well god is loving and god is good it doesn't have nearly the impact yeah this this whole thing actually calls into question to me a little thing um where there's been so many times people have gone out to or seek um seek faith healing and stuff like that and, like, so they'll have all these people, and, like, the teaching a lot of times that I hear, I mean, I've not been around a lot of that, and so some of this just comes from, like, media or other store, like, stories that people have told about things. So, but it's like, well, they all believe, supposedly, and they're encouraged to show that belief, and if you really believe, then you'll be healed. And mm. it's like, but if you already believe, it's not necessarily, like... Like, you believe in God, and he's there for you. You don't necessarily need to be healed, like you were just saying. It reminds me of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they're like, our God can save us from this, but if not, he's still God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love their declaration before they yeah, went into the furnace. Yeah, their attitude about it's great. It's like, yeah, he'll save us, and if he doesn't save us, that's also fine, because he's still God, but he's got this. <laughs> you, he can. We're not gonna, or he can let it be. Uh, we're not going to deny it. It's all under his power. <laughs> Yes. All right. Um, all right. So then, I think we can go into Jesus feeds the four thousand. Uh, Rosella. Oh no, you already. That was part of your section still. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Jesus feeds the four thousand. Is what yours says? What's yours say? Mine mentions the seven. I thought it was the twelve. So Jesus feeds the four thousand. Seven or twelve? It said seven, but I thought for sure it was twelve somewhere in the Bible. So I just mixed it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, her heading just says Jesus feeds thousands. Yeah, where do they get 4,000? Maybe because of the other Gospels? Oh, no. Now there were 4,000 men. Uh, verse 38. Now there were 4,000 men who had eaten besides women and children. Oh, yeah, mine says that. They filled baskets. Seven baskets. I yeah. think that was 12 baskets. That was the 5,000. 
thousand. You fed five thousand, and then a few days later, give or take, <laughs> they didn't have food again, and the the disciples were all like, "Oh, what are we going to do?" Seriously. Like, yep. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It's ridiculous the, their reaction because if when you realize those stories, there's two different stories about feeding thousands. Because I used to think there was only one, and it was same. just repeated in the gospels. But yeah, there's the 5,000 and the 4,000, and they act the same way. Like, what are we going to do? It's like, really? And it's also interesting, because with the 5,000, there is, what, 12 basketfuls, right? Mm -hmm. And with less people, there's less basketfuls of remains. Yeah, there were seven loaves of bread and a few small fish, and there was five loaves of bread and two fish. Yeah. Um, So anyway, my note this time. So they did have two more loaves of bread this time. Mmm. And still ended up with less back. They were hungrier. <laughs> I guess. Um, it wasn't as miraculous, okay? Because he had those two extra loads well, actually, for a thousand if, less people. <laughs> honestly, my my way of like thinking about this, and like I have no idea what he did, right? And how he made more, like how the food came about or whatever. But like when I think of it, you have more people eating and with leftovers, you're going to have more leftovers than if you have fewer people eating. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if he's just making enough for everybody, and then that more, you know, that more many people also didn't eat everything, they're gonna have like, more left. You know how people eat; they all leave behind like a half a piece of bread. Right. Right. So. Anyway, um, so Jesus recognizes where the food comes from overall, and he still gives thanks to God before diving in, um, which comes from thirty-six, where he gives thanks for the food and then breaks it. Um, he thanked the father before it multiplied enough to feed everyone. So before the miracle had even mm. taken place. So I thought that was interesting. That is a good point. So like, we we only have this amount of food for this huge group. And he gives thanks for the food that they have. That's because he's going to keep all the food for and himself. And then the miracle takes place. <laughs> yes, that's just like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a very selfish individual. What? <laughs> Always worried about getting enough food. Yeah. So he, had to, so he had to take it for himself. He was the little bear of the situation. Right. Yes. Anyway. Thank you for <laughs> Big Mama, so did you have a note for the 4,000? I don't think I do. Like, I don't have one written down. I think okay. I, that's, I mean, that's fine. That's a similar story yeah, to 5,000. Yeah, it just keeps going back to the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego where they were completely content before they even knew what the outcome was going to be. Well, mine just says Jesus feeds thousands, but it doesn't matter. Um, what did I learn about God says Jesus? That he will always provide if you yep <laughs> and if not he's still god <laughs> yep <laughs> well it's it doesn't even seem like it's necessarily a need either here like at least the first one uh, it says i don't want to send them away hungry otherwise they might collapse on oh the way. okay so this time it might be neat at least the... <laughs> it wasn't snackish <laughs> well this one too it says i have compassion for these people like it's a compassionate thing like they, yeah he doesn't want them survive. to pass out on the way yeah <laughs> it's still compassionate to not want yes. someone to die. Well, like, compassion is not limited to just keeping people comfortable. Alrighty. My question is, what does God want your life to look like? And my answer is to... Go three days without eating and not have a fuss. <laughs> I feel like all of the kids could use that. <laughs> to know God will... Or to know that he will take care of us. Yes, he will. Alright, well then, I think we move on to chapter 16? All right, so I have the demand for a sign, which starts from verse 1 and goes until 12. A demand 
demand for a sign from heaven, which is verse 4. It only goes to verse 4? The Pharisees and Sadducees demand signs goes to verse 4. Okay. Rosilla. The Pharisees and the Sadducees demand signs. Demand. Demand signs. These are all so demanding. Mine just says the leaven of the Pharisees. And Hers also goes to four, but I had her group her section, so she also has... What's your next one? The leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Oh, the leaven, yeah. Me and Rosella uh, will probably have a lot of the same headings, because we're both using the same version. Okay. Big Mama, what's your sections here? The leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees goes through verse 12. Okay, so you're the same. All right, well, you can start us up this time. <clears throat> Me. My note says, we often want physical answers to physical problems, while Jesus is pointing us to far more important matters. Um, it makes me think of in the prophets when the when Israel was being exiled and kidnapped and taken away as prisoners of war and all sorts of awful things were happening in Israel. And God says, uh, like, don't you see what I'm doing? I'm doing something really big, and you don't even comprehend it. And people like to take that verse. I did not say it word for word. I don't remember the reference. Um, but people like to take that verse and be like, God is doing something great, and you don't even see it. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, he is. But it's not great in the physical realm when he says that. It's great in the spiritual realm. And sometimes he really strips us down physically um, yeah. before... That, that spiritual change takes place. But it doesn't mean that he's not doing something great. Um, so kind of like the along the same lines of he doesn't always heal. We don't always get the miracle that we would like to see in the physical realm. Um, he might be doing something great that we don't even see because we're looking at the physical realm instead of the spiritual realm. And sometimes it can be really hard to see what's going on spiritually. Really hard. So we just have to trust him and try to keep honoring him. Agreed. Also, I lied. Mine only does go to verse 4. I do have two sections. <laughs> Seriously? Yep. Here's again where they say that, where Jesus says, you have little faith. And it's because they think that he's mad they didn't have bread. <laughs> yes, it's so funny. Watch out and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They were discussing among themselves, we didn't bring any bread. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a section I had for the second section. Why are you discussing among yourselves that you do not have bread? Don't you understand yet? Oh. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's, like, it's kind of slow on the uptake sometimes. I get it. All right, Ruby, what do you have for the sign, the demanding of signs? What did I learn about God? That he gives us signs everywhere um, in the Bible and all of his creation. Like, mm. he gives us signs that he's all powerful, basically. Or... Yeah, the signs are already there. Mm-hmm. You just don't have to give us any more. Oh. They're already there. Pretty sure it's a Bible verse that all creation declares his glory. Like, I don't think that's just a hymnal or a beatitude or something. Personally, I was going to say it screams of his existence, but yes, it does (laughs) declare his glory. But that's why it's so easy to come up with parables and apply everything and be like, that's kind of like this. Absolutely. Even a lot of our nature, like, is striving, like, shows an example of of him because we are striving to be more like him and and... strive for like justice and stuff like that we go about it wrongly and foolishly and we stumble a lot but like that that just very desire and goal comes from wanting like that's because that's who he is that's the order of the world he made (laughs) yeah yeah he gives us desires for everything that he desires justice comfort 
uh, acceptance purpose, mm-hmm. but it's when we demand those desires are met our way. Yeah, we fill. Yeah, yeah, we fill some of that stuff in with other things that aren't him. All right. Um, yeah, Ruby, you just shared, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. My turn? Yeah. Yay. Um, my question is, what do you learn about? What did you learn about God? And my answer is that he does, uh, he sometimes does uh, signs. He does them when we don't ask for them. He does, he doesn't do them when we demand them. Mm. Yeah. All right, Roselle. Well, like, they needed a sign to know, like, well, they didn't need a sign, but they wanted a sign. And God never needs a sign. He just knows it what's happening because he's the creator of everything he (laughs) just knows what's going to happen next or what happened yeah Yeah. so we're down here trying to figure out what's going on god already knows he already knows so we can just turn to him he's got the information and we can trust him because he does have all the information yep so mine is actually a note i wrote a few years ago (laughs) i didn't write a new note this time because it was like because it was a small section i'm like no this 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 is good um but just that it highlights the whole, uh, with just Jesus' response to them about how they know how to read signs in weather and things like that to be able to predict what kind of weather they're going to have and you know when when to plant things, all that stuff. Um, and they're so focused on the creation itself instead of what it points to, well, the Creator. They just look at the creation, um, and they're indulgent of the wisdom and knowledge that they can collect themselves on this earth, like worldly knowledge. Which is meaningless to eternity, especially because it'll pass away. We'll have new stuff going on. Can I backtrack just a little bit? No. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> one of my one of the most comforting truths that I take from um, feeding of the four thousand and feeding of the five thousand is that Jesus never admonishes them for not planning ahead. This is true. He's not like you, foolish people. I gave you brains. Why didn't you use them? That's not what he says at all. He's like, why didn't you have more faith in me when you didn't have the food that you needed that you could have brought, you could have done? You know, he doesn't say that. Yeah. He's just like, why didn't you have more faith in me? So when you just started saying some of that, you went, um, he's not like, he's not like you foolish people not using your brains. I gave you brains to use it. Right. But you Mm -hmm. paused between you and the rest of it. And right after saying, like, he doesn't admonish them for not preparing or planning ahead, which I do a lot of planning ahead and preparing, right? Oh. And so then you say, he's not like you. He's not like you, old man, always admonishing me for not planning ahead. No, no. But it was just, it was funny, because it's <laughs> no, like, well I, well, I do get after some people sometimes, like the children and stuff, when they don't think ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you do get irritated sometimes with me. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I try. <laughs> it can be frustrating. I'm like, it's okay. It's cool. Everything's cool. All right. Ruby, yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. You mean the hypocrisy of the Pharisees and Sadducees? No, I don't. I might mean the hypocrisy. What Hypocrisy. Where are we? Uh, hypocrisy. The leaven. Leaven. What does God want my life to look like? Not like the disciples uh, who just presumed what he was talking about, but to, to slow down and think about what God is trying to tell me. Hmm. Mm. That's good. Slow down. You move too fast. 
You gotta make the morning last just kicking down the cobblestone. Do 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 feeling groovy. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know where He's that came It wasn't about the bread. No, it wasn't about the bread. And that's right. technically my last section. Okay, cool. Jade Fire, what do you got? Um, I have uh where are we? The leaving of the fair Eleven. Eleven. Uh, my question is, what does God want your life to look like? And my answer is that he will, oh, that he will hold back. Like, oh, I think I got it from, like, when, in, like, uh, from, shoot, uh, 9 through 12, like, in that general area, uh, for him, like, not calling them idiots. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't resort, in, he doesn't resort to insults. Or shaming. Or shaming, yeah. Because, again, he does it in, with a question, right? Like, how is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? All right. So, um, my note came from... Uh, then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Um, we need to be sure that we're not getting led astray by false teachers. Uh, just a little could distort our view and understanding of God, and so we should constantly be checking in with what God's word says so we can realign, because just a little yeast will leaven the whole bread. Yeah. Well, even one good quote can make like shift a lot of your views on a lot of different things. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, if you believe even in something, like, it's like just putting, like, even, like, a small rock and part of the foundation, it's going to cause the whole thing to lean just slightly and mess up that that building <laughs> leaning tower of pizza. yeah like the leaning tower of pizza, right so we need to be very careful and be on our guard as jesus says right uh about their teachings about false teachings all right uh why is the leaning tower of pizza leaning i think because of the ground that was underneath of it i just like once i just started like kind of like the same reason the um post for the goat pen is leaning <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Because the ground is soft. <laughs> All right. I think that's why. I got that yeah, out. I guess I have no idea. I've never actually looked into it. Why well, have they never fixed it? Because it's, um, it's a ginormous tower. You can't just, like, push it back into place. Yeah, you can. And now it's a tourist attraction. Uneven so. settling of the building's foundation in the soft ground. Boom, baby. Nice. Called it. Very good. I called it. All right. What about you, Rosella? Peter declares that Jesus is the Messiah... And Jesus for telling his death. I'll both one section for you. Okay. Um, you cannot force something to not happen or to happen. That's very true. I um, yeah. I'm guessing you're taking that from the predicting the death, where Peter's like, "Never, Lord, this shall never happen to you." Probably. Sounds. I mean, it fits at least. I sometimes wonder if you're just like, "This is true about God." Let me throw it out there and see if Mom and Dad can make it stick. Well, this one actually <laughs> seems to fit really well. So. I'm just teasing her because <laughs> she's like, "Probably I got it you from sh- there." I don't know. <laughs> you should also try to write the verse numbers when you write down your answers where you like got that idea from. Okay. Okay. I try to, but then I forget. I understand, but I want you to work harder at that. Okay. That was a good answer, though. So my note for. Peter declares that Jesus is the Messiah, is, let's see, verse 20. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Why? Was he afraid? No. There's plenty of evidence to tell us that that is not the case. You are correct. 
Uh, it is more likely that he knew many were not ready to hear this truth and would reject it. God's timing is perfect, and the timing involved uh, Jesus hanging around a little longer yet to continue teaching. <laughs> so he has a purpose for it, and he wasn't trying to be deceptive or lie or anything like that. He's just like, don't tell people this right now. <laughs> Discretion can be a good thing. You don't have to live your life for everyone to see everything. And actually, just a thought occurred to me just now, too, that I didn't think about when I was writing the note, is that he was also probably protecting their lives. Hmm. Because if they go around saying that, they're going to get arrested, beat up, maybe stoned and killed. I don't think that's a thing that really happened back then. Sure, sure. Uh, do you have a note for that uh, section, Big Mama? Not really, no. Okay. Jesus predicts his death. Um, and Rosella Carnell recovered hers, so I will jump in then. What verse does this go through for you? Oh, for me, uh, it goes from 21 through the end of the chapter. Okay. All right, so... Uh, Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. Um, you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Uh, and my note here is then we need to be focused on what God wants. We shouldn't be stepping in and explaining how he's wrong and not thinking things all the way through. <laughs> yeah, and I think sometimes we have a tendency to do that because Peter just tried... <laughs> Well, I like the verse in the Old Testament where it's like, come, let us reason together. And that's God inviting us to come and reason with him. So yes. I'm like, okay, God, let me give you my reasons. And I'm like, right. okay, maybe they're not that great of reasons. <laughs> not going to out-reason God. No, no, we're not. No, we're not. Uh, do you have a note for Yeah, I have a few. Okay, cool. Um, So he predicts that he's going to suffer many things, be killed, um, and be raised on the third day. The suffering and the killing is not very good things that we would consider good. Um, we would not consider them from God, but they are absolutely the ways that God is choosing to work. And that's comforting in how often we look at our lives and we're like, this isn't good, Lord. Like, it's not just. It's not how you plan things. So why is it going this way, you mm. know? Um, and just because it doesn't look like it lines up with his plan he's using it for a much better thing that we can't see again the spiritual realm instead of the physical realm yeah um and then also i find it interesting how much jesus did predict everything for himself because as a kid i think i probably heard the resurrection story and the crucifixion story a lot more than i heard these kind of stories from the Bible, I would say. Like, sure. this section isn't in a children's book that I know <laughs> Get behind me, Satan! Like, I oh, don't oh, see yeah. that in the little animated Bibles that we have for the little ones. They probably weren't understood very well. Right, right. But, um, growing up, it's very portrayed, at least. And, I mean, I guess even reading through the Gospels now, I'm trying to picture it without the children's version in mind. But reading through the death and resurrection, the disciples were confused, shocked, surprised, trying to stop it, um, devastated. Like, there is nothing to indicate there that they knew what was coming. But Jesus told them really plainly several times, but they just didn't see it yet. And I think that's kind of interesting. Um, and there's a lot more there. Like... Sometimes we don't see things that are right in front of our face. Sometimes <laughs> yes. God's concealing things from other people that we're like, what is wrong with you and how are you so dense to not see what God <laughs> is doing here? But sometimes he does just blind us to things for the time being, you know? So, yeah, even though Jesus very plainly told them what was going to happen, they didn't 
understand that. And then my last note is from verse 24, where he says, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And reading that from our point of view, it's like, oh yeah, we take up our cross. We allow the world to, you know, talk poorly of us, to despise us, to condemn us, but we know that what we're doing is God's work, um, because that's what Jesus did with his cross, right? Yep. But like I just said, they did not realize that Jesus was going to die an awful death on the cross. So how did they understand that phrase is how I wonder. Like, it doesn't really say. It's just kind of interesting to me. Because we can easily look at that and be like, oh, yeah, take up your cross daily. Like, that's a little thing that Christians have on keychains or whatever. Yeah, I but mean. But back then, they didn't have Jesus on the cross to look to. So Yeah, they didn't have Jesus to look to. Um, so, yeah, it is a little. Yeah, because obviously they knew about crucifixions mm-hmm. and taking up that cross. So, like, it had some meaning to them in that realm. I'm, yeah, and I'm sure it became even more clear afterwards. Yeah, after the fact, <laughs> sure. But like the cross at the time was really a place of shame and horribleness. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't hold; it did not hold what it does for us now. Yeah. And I know I've likened it before to like the electric chair of now is the closest I can like easily think of for that. Sure. Where like you wouldn't say take up your electrical chair, you know? Right. <laughs> I mean that's a little bit goofier sounding, but. It is what is reserved for the worst of the population that is not even permitted to continue living here, you know? And that's what the cross was, the worst of the population to be held up and said, if you act like this in Rome, this is what happens to you. And it was, yeah, I mean, that's pretty intense. That's super intense. Yeah. So I feel like if he was like, hey, big mama, take up your cross and follow me, I'd be like... What? What? <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> what? I'll just be a nice little mama over here and not <laughs> cause any problems because those cross dyers, they are problem rubble rousers. Another thing I, I, this is just a silly thing, but I think I've shared this with you before, Big Mama, but there was a hilarious video that's been going around of, of somebody pretending to be Peter and Jesus. And he stands behind Peter and says, ten. And Jesus is like, what? Ten. He said, get behind you and say ten. Mm. So, ten. No, that's not what I meant. Get behind you and say ten. And say, Satan. Oh! <laughs> Slow realization. <laughs> it's a hilarious oh, little video. Peter. <laughs> Don't we all have get something in common me. with Peter? <laughs> say ten. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's your note for... Is the prediction of death. Uh, my question is, what can you learn about God is that, and my answer to that is that, um, that we cannot stop his plans. That's true. Yep. Similar to Rosilla's for that area. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. For better or for worse, we do not change God's plan. <laughs> yep. We can join them. We can change our uh, fate within them, so to speak. <laughs> yes. But we cannot Going back to the whole plans. Esther example, right? Yep. And Judas farther on in a bad way. Yes. Yeah, in a bad way. Because um, Jesus was going to be crucified one way or the other. Judas did not have to participate in that role. <laughs> nope. All right. So, uh, Matthew 17, the transfiguration. This is my last section. I don't think I said take up your cross and follow Jesus. 
That's all one section for Daddy, so he might have missed it. I see. Okay, so Rosella does. Yeah, that that is a little bit split up for her. Sorry. Go ahead, Rosella. What is your next area? I wrote following his path. Following his path. Hmm. For like, take up his cross. Yeah. Yep. Follow, yeah. follow what he's doing. Oh, that's good. And that was for this. And that's for the whole thing. Well, I am on <coughs> seventeen, so I will share my chapter seventeen. Since I'm the last one. Well, you you can go first, actually, since I'm the first list. Oh, okay. Um, my note is about um, the Spirit testifying again that this is the Son of God. I believe it's in the Old Testament that it says that the Spirit will testify when the Messiah comes. Okay. And in 317, the Spirit testifies it at his um, baptism, when it descends like a dove and remains on him. And then also here at the Transfiguration, it testifies to Peter and John and James and says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. I like to make note of these points because it's pointed back to in Acts and further on through the New Testament where it says that we know this was the Messiah. One of the ways that we know this was the Messiah was because the Spirit testified just like we were expecting him to. And so... It's a very key point to make sure that this is the Messiah that we're waiting for. Otherwise, we'd be Mormon, right? Um, no, Jewish. Mormons think that he came to North America. Right. Um, <laughs> you're, when you were talking about how you like to highlight these things so that you can remember them and no take note of them or whatever, it's funny because my note here is to take note of these things, <laughs> basically. Um, uh, where he's saying... Uh, uh, but I tell you, Elijah has already come, and they did not recognize him, but have done it to him everything they wished. In the same way, the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. And, f well, not quite a part of my note here, but first of all, I just think it's interesting that he says this right after Elijah, the actual Elijah, and Moses appeared beside him. Mm. Um, and then he brings up the Elijah of this, like, this new Elijah, right? The return of Elijah, which was John the Baptist. Um, and... My note was that we should be alert and paying attention to what God is doing and where he's showing up in our life. We don't want to miss it or dismiss it as meaningless or worse, assuming it is evil and we know better. Not assuming that we know better. Hmm. Which is kind of connected to my last note too, I guess, but, or a couple yeah. months ago. Yeah, it feels like it's heavily influenced by your last notes and that's fine. I just, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we just, yeah, definitely be paying attention to where he's popping up because like they all just like looking for elijah and elijah came and they didn't see it <laughs> yep. all right application time first we need to check on our applications i wrote mine down here. oh right mom's been right yeah big mama keeps the notes big mama but keeps I wrote the notes, yeah. oh good go ahead rosala my application last time was to trust god more that he'll protect me spiritually and how's that been going well i haven't been scared as much like that's wonderful normal, that's fantastic normally i just get scared of like when i'm like the last one awake when it's bedtime and mm -hmm. yeah and now i just focus on coloring and i don't really care about anything like yeah wherever your focus goes it makes a big difference it does make a lot of difference well that's good i'm glad to hear that now go ahead ruby if you have yours all right um to remember that even if i don't like god's will it's still good for me I don't think I've seen anything wrong with what I've been doing according to that, but I don't know where I've been tested on it. Mm. I would say that one area where you have had patience 
even when your plan was jilted, was recently at church when you moved from youth group to volunteering instead because of some unexpected relationship challenges. Um, but you were patient through the situation. Much more patient than I would have felt like being, especially at 12 years old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, and in the end, you found a place where you seem to fit really well mm -hmm. with people you get along with fantastically. And it seems to be going pretty good. And it helps because you guys have a same, like you're the, all there for, for the purpose of serving, right? Like, so that helps. You have a similar goal, so it does make mm -hmm. it easier to get along then. And it's funny because the girls that I saw at the youth group, I've never seen a girls Bible study that I did with my cousin, but the girls that are helping in or volunteering, I've seen almost all of them at the youth group. Or at the, at Bible the Bible study, study. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just two different sets of girls, and you tend to jive with this group better. So it's a good shift. Now, what was your note exactly, your application? Can you read the, the wording on it again? To remember that even if I don't like God's will, it's still mm, good for me, gotcha. God's plans. Yep. And I had written, so it must have been said at some point, have patience even if I don't like the look of his plan. Mm, yep, that seems similar. All yeah. right. Yeah. All right. What's Jade Fires? Not fearing missing out. How's that going? Bad. How come? I don't know. My guess would be that you're pretty sure you're going to miss out on some good stuff if you don't take matters into your own hands. That good is being withheld from you, whether by God or by old man and I. <laughs> that good is being withheld. Is that part of it? Probably. Do you think we or God are out to withhold good from you? No. How come? I don't know. Well, what makes you think that we're not out to do that? You guys keep telling me that. <laughs> <laughs> so you've not seen any examples? Of God's goodness? Or even us? <laughs> Has taking the matters into your own hands brought you more goodness? No. Has it brought you anything? No. Are you sure? Or has it brought me worse? Do you think we or God bring these consequences about because we don't like you? No. Why then? Because you do like me. <laughs> True. But do you actually believe that or is this just reciting what you have been told? Do you think God wants you to have a scarce life without much good in it? What? Do you think God wants you to have a scarce life where you don't have things that you enjoy, that you like, no comfort? No. What kind of a life do you think God wants you to have? To have joy and comfort and... Abundance? Yes. So do you think that following his will and his commandments is going to deprive you? No. I think you know that, but you're allowing lies in when it comes down to it. Yeah, it seems that you are choosing to believe the opposite of what you're declaring right now. You believe that you will be deprived by following God or following your parents' rules. Which is following God, Ephesians 6 1. Yes, yep. Obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Children obey your parents. True, children. <clears throat> Sorry, yes. That is actually a very important distinction because sometimes yes. parents think that they can continue to demand the obedience of adult children. Yep. Do you have any suggestions for what might help you to remember these truths or to defeat those lies? No. One thing that helps me is to find verses on it and write them down. And, like, to find a lot of verses on it and to write down the ones that speak to me the most. And you can even put them up places where you're going to see them. 
write them on a paper and put them on your board next to your bed, put them on your door to your room, so you're reminded of them every day. Because there was a situation uh, a couple years ago where something that I saw as very, very good was taken away with really no reason or rhyme to it. Um, And I think at the time I would have said, yes, God is good. No, God does not withhold truth or withhold good from me. But in my heart, I was still very sad and frustrated and upset about it. And so I had to start finding all the verses about it. And one of those verses is Psalm 23, where it's is from Psalm 23, where it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So it means that God is a good shepherd. What does a good shepherd do for his sheep? Takes care of them and feeds them and waters them. Yep. Does he say, oh, those pastures are really green. Mm, they're too green for you guys. Come over here to this brown pasture. No. Does he say, this water's really still and quiet and fresh? Yeah, I don't like that. Let's go over here to these pounding waves to get a drink. No. No. He takes them to where things are good, to where things are beautiful. And sometimes you have to go through a dark valley to get there. But you still come out to a beautiful place, right? Because he would never withhold something that's good for you. He wants good things for you. And you know my t-shirt with the little sheep? It's like a brown tan t-shirt with a little sheep in the middle. I think so. And do you know the verse that's over that little sheep? No. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. (laughs) You know why I bought that t-shirt? Why? To remind me of that because I wasn't believing it at the time. You're not the only one with these struggles. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. That means that every struggle you go through is a pretty common one that a lot of people have gone through. I think they just talked about that. Oh, it might have been in my class at church. Yeah, it was at my class at church. He's like, so not everyone might have the same temptations that you have because there's a lot of different personalities, right? Like some things will say there's nine different personalities. So, okay, only a ninth of the population has your problems. So, you know, only millions and billions of people have the same problems as you. Right. <laughs> so even if everybody doesn't have the same temptations as you, you can rest easy knowing that billions of people do. So it's not like you're the only one who struggles with this. Okay? Okay. But you do want to find a way out of it or your whole life is going to be a struggle and you don't want that. Right? Right. All right. Mine? Sure. Oh, you want me to read it? Yes. You didn't write yours down? I don't write mine down. You're my secretary. (laughs) Mr. Old Man. Not needing to understand everything. Oh, that's funny, because that is continuing this week, because I just noticed a huge theme in my notes for this week's, uh, this podcast here, because I was like, so like, here we go, Jess, Jesus, Jess, sorry, Jesus recognizes where the food comes from and still gives things before the miracle happens, so not seeing God's plan beforehand, um, and, um, we need to be focused on what God wants. We should be stepping in and explaining how he's wrong. We should be alert and paying attention to what God is doing and where he's showing up in our life and not misunderstanding or thinking we know better. <laughs> um, so a lot of like calls against worldly wisdom and thinking we know better and trying to decide God's plans ahead of time or predict them and instead of just resting in them. So apparently that's a continuing theme for me. <laughs> Sounds good. Like God's been God's been hammering that home all this week, apparently, and I didn't even notice. <laughs> but have you been improving it in the past week? Well, if he's still yelling at me, I fear that I'm not. <laughs> Maybe I am. Maybe that's why I noticed them. I don't know. 
Uh, I don't know if I could, if, if an example comes to mind, I'll let you know. Well, it often takes a little while for us mm. to shift directions. Actually, there, there, I did very, very, I tried very hard to follow what God wanted me to do in relation to my medical issue that came up recently with the bronchitis and everything, mm. because I kept, I had that pain in the back of my head for like a week and normally... I just let things, and well, the coughing had been going on for like a month, and I just let things run their course, and eventually I'm fine. I don't do medicine, I don't go to the doctors, I don't do any of that, and I, but I also didn't want to just go because I was scared, um, because maybe there was some big issue with my head and not trusting God to take care of me, and so I was definitely praying a lot on what I should do, should I go to the doctors, is that not trusting you, what, like, like, I, because it. I didn't want to not go to the doctor just because I don't go to the doctor, but I also didn't want to go to the doctor just because I'm scared. Um, hmm. So, like, I was just trying very hard to be doing what God's will was in that. So that was definitely a strive in the right direction, I think. Yeah. So so there was some good there, at least. If I failed somewhere, I'm sure I did. Uh, I'm don't, I, I don't, I didn't notice yet or don't remember. <laughs> he hasn't brought that to light yet. Yes. <laughs> he, does he doesn't reveal everything. everything to everyone all the time. Right. What about your application, Big Mama? Mine was faith and belief in God's provision, especially when my freedom is threatened. And I say that I've been doing pretty good with that. I maybe have a sassy streak where I don't. If someone tells me I have to do something that I don't really want to, I will determinedly not do it just to spite them. Um, no. I know. I know I don't show it very often. <laughs> Interestingly enough, though, like, you were struggling with so many different things that you had responsibility for, wanted to get done, and, like, there was a lot of options in front of you and when to do them uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I could sense that you were kind of, like, just kind of lost and you wanted somebody to kind of just give you some direction. Well, I trust you to give me direction. I know, but it, it was just nice because like, did. I was like, well, this is what's going to happen then and you didn't fight it or anything. Oh, I wanted you to tell me what to do. And that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to step in where I was supposed to. Yeah, but like, yes, I can be very frustrated when people try to tell me that I have to do it this sure, certain way sure. or whatever. Especially by not asking. Like, I was kind of... Oh, I don't think I specifically said, what should I do? But I was no. like, I just don't know how to organize this. And then you organized it for me. Um, but if I'm not asking for how to do something or someone's help or whatever and they're just like, here, let me do it for you. Do it this way. I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Step back. <laughs> I don't like that. Um, I like my freedom. I... Me was in too. a discipleship, I guess, meeting at one point several years ago. And she was going all over all of the like basic needs that we have as humans. And one of them was freedom slash autonomy, um, that sort of a thing. And I was like, I don't really feel that need. Like, I don't know. That's not really a thing. And she's like, it's probably because you have a lot of freedom in your life. Like, you don't have a husband who fights you on decisions about the kids. You don't have... Like, you don't have to work or stay at home or this or that. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, sure. At the time, I'm like, okay, whatever. But now I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Anytime anyone tries to tell me that I have to or can't do something, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I can if I want to or I don't have to. Mm -hmm. um, and part of my um, releasing that, I guess, is recognizing that I don't have to. Like, I really don't. People can't 
force me or control me just as much as I can't control other people, you know? Yeah. And so I really am free to make whatever decision I want to make. And whether they think they're controlling me or manipulating me, that's not my problem. <laughs> like, that's really been kind of freeing outlook, to me. Yeah. Um, they might think that they, like, scared me into it or pushed me into it, but you literally can't control me. So. Yeah, because I can get trapped <laughs> in that mentality, too, where it's like, well, I, because of every effort they put into it, it now makes it seem to them that they did they accomplished their goal. If I do this thing, even though this is a thing that I feel I should do or was yep. already called to do or whatever. It feels like they're winning. It feels like they're winning. We don't want to let them win. No. Yeah. No, it, it's stupid. It's funny because we're not really a competitive family for the most part. Some of us are. Um <laughs> In, in like games and things but like we love a... our co-ops we love to play teams on mario kart exactly. like... except <laughs> me Ex- yeah J- and and little bird yeah jade fire and our little bird are both uh, uh definitely on the more competitive and want to win who's it. little bird oh <laughs> i was confused like did right. you mean that he's baby bird, bird. <laughs> okay. yeah. little bird and baby bird right. okay but but yeah um but there are aspects of competitive nature in us Oh yeah, areas. Just yeah, but we're on a team. So yes, we're like... <laughs> we're a team. Our our family is competitive with everybody else. <laughs> yeah, our family is just going to be better than everyone. everyone. That's our goal. Yes, right. <laughs> sure. No, but yeah, neither one of us like to be. I mean, who does like to be manipulated? Nobody likes no. that, right? No. But how much did it look at the time like Jesus had no choice when he was taken to the cross? Right. How much did it look like right. he was just being like? There is no possible way that that could have looked more like he lost all authority right well you know the pharisees and everybody thought they won yeah but he like it was a beautiful thing yeah there was so much power unleashed through that yeah and yet we're like biting tooth and nail not to be put back in that same position (laughs) and i mean i i it would be a lie to say that i didn't enjoy the fact that they still had to strive to feel like they were winning with lies and stuff after his resurrection because they realized they didn't exactly win as well as they thought they or wanted to <laughs> wait quarter pile of chips go yeah um but my focus going into this coming week has been shifting my focus to what is good um my class that i've been in a church have been working a lot on some of those couple-year-old hearts that are not releasing very easily. Yeah. Um, and in the midst of it all, a brand new frustration like emerged, and it's like God saying, "Okay, now in real time, <laughs> let's work on this." Sure, sure. So, um, yeah, not one of those. There was two older situations, one recent situation. Now, one of them is at all where I would want it to be whatsoever. But um, I truly, sincerely, and also um, thoughtfully, because I have consulted mentors and people at church on it and that sort of thing, um, I believe that I've done everything I can to honor God in the situation, and there's nothing more that I can do there. Right. So there's no point in meditating on it anymore. And, I mean, overall, I think it, God will use it for good, but it's not necessarily a good situation. So it's time to stop dwelling on it and move on to what is good and holy and pure and beautiful and wonderful and um, get my mind onto those things instead, recognizing that no one manipulates me, no one controls me. I always have the choice to honor God and no one can take that away from me. So I am perfectly safe. I am perfectly secure. 
and I am perfectly able to honor God in every situation. Yeah. Ruby, what's your application this week? Um, to be careful about what I say and um, not to reply harshly to people. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or to think about my tone of voice, even like. Sure. Sure. Yeah, because sometimes I don't think you even mean to be harsh but it just i'm just like whoa lady tone <laughs> yeah 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 sometimes it just comes that way yeah um, and we got to be aware of how we sound to people sometimes i think that might also be my application because i definitely need to work on keeping my tone cool yeah part of that just keeping your temper in check as well yep okay rosella to work on my patience mm, yeah you struggled with that like, for, like a little bit yesterday and today for sure right so, yeah, oh, that's a good application. It's good to work on that. So, all right, cool. All right, so I th think Ruby prayed last time. Sounds Who's good. praying? You, Rosella. Yay! I like praying. Thank you, God, for this day. Help us have a wonderful time tomorrow. Help us with all our problems. And thank you for my friends and family. And thank you for everything you've created and done for us. And amen. Amen. Good. Who's after Rosella? <laughs> mom? Or not mom. Big mama? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. You say mom, people will know who I am. <laughs> I think we've pretty much let that out of the bag. So from, well, big from the, big, from the first episode. <laughs> big mama. I'm like the owl from the fox and the hound. Yes. Kablam elimination. Lack of education. Oh, it's, yeah. What? Fox and the hound. I, I love that shit, movie. Right? And the owl is great, isn't she? she Ever is since great. I was little, I wanted to be Big Mama. There you go. <laughs> Not necessarily in size, but just... Sure, <laughs> sure. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so this close, right? This is how close you want me? I'll just go with this close. I hope it's right. That's not a bicycle. <laughs> what? what? Why are you guys laughing? Dad told me it wasn't a bicycle last night, and it was very amusing to me. <laughs> I have not clicked my pen once this time. I'm very proud of you. I cracked my knuckles once, but... I should, should pull up that Mr. Rogers meme gift thing that's going around. What? Yeah. I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah, I think that was my last... Why are you imagining your parents take it, you weird, weird child? What? And together we <laughs> are dying and tumbling <laughs> down. Heads are rolling. I am dying. My stomach hurts. It's so bad. Stop making us laugh. I'm just on a roll today, I guess. Starting with last night. Maybe I am a bicycle. Those roll. <laughs>